Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings all and welcome to Getting Loopy. Join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for a little loopy fun. Today is July 9th, 2018. Um, no guest tonight. Here's what we're going to talk about. Here is, here is my topic of choice for the evening. And if anybody wants to be a guest and call in tonight, it's 646-787-8510. That's 646-787-8510. So as many of you know, I have been on a teaching tour for the last, oh God, three years it feels like, but honestly, it's probably been six to eight weeks. And a lot of conversations have come up about why people do or do not choose to take classes at the big conferences. So seeing as it's July, the Crochet Guild of America show is coming up in Portland, Oregon in a couple of weeks. There are lots of crochet classes there. I'm thinking Lancaster Fiber Festival is coming up in the middle of August. Lots of crochet classes there. I know some of you attend Stitches shows, which doesn't have a ton of crochet classes, but there's some. And same thing for Vogue Knitting Live. Um, There are a few crochet classes. And there might be a regional show. I've taught Houston this year. I've taught Dallas this year. Um, I know there's a show in Pittsburgh. So the the conversation I've been sort of having in my own head and what we're going to talk about this evening is, is it to your personal benefit to take a class live? Because a lot of people feel like They don't need to go to the shows and take classes because they can learn everything they want to learn off of YouTube. And here's where the other reason this topic came up. So I was teaching a knitting class a couple weeks ago in Houston, and the class is called The Crochet Hook is a Perfect Tool for Knitters. And in that class, I teach the crochet provisional cast-on, crochet cast-off, We do picking up stitches with a crochet hook in both stockinette and garter. We do surface crochet, both horizontally and vertically with a crochet hook, um, you know, to get that sort of duplicate stitch thing going because it's so much easier to do with a crochet hook than with a tapestry needle. And we do putting crochet edgings on knit squares, which is the gateway drug for a lot of people who knit to come over to the crochet dark side. So one of the things I said near the beginning of the class, that crochet provisional cast on, the way I teach it, it's very simple to do, but it's very easy to forget. So one of the things I said to them is there is a YouTube video of this crochet cast on on my personal YouTube channel, which is Hooked for Life at Mary Beth Temple. You can find it on YouTube. It's really easy. And so for the rest of the day, in that particular class, everything I taught them, they went, well, is there a YouTube video? Well, is there a YouTube video? And, and there wasn't. And I was sort of wondering, like, if I make a dozen YouTube videos to support the classes that I teach in real life in meat space out in the world, 
Does that encourage people to take live classes because they see it on YouTube and they need some help with it or they want to learn in a room? Or does that hurt me because they can learn off YouTube and they don't feel the need to pay for a class? So this is sort of what I came up with. We all learn in different ways. And no matter how excellent and up close and wonderful a YouTube video is, it does not replace having an instructor walk around the room, stand over your exact shoulder, and change the one little thing that you need to change. You know, maybe there's a, a way that you could do it easier. Maybe you're just not quite getting it and you need to show the instructor where the problem is so the instructor can fix it for you and uh, show you how to fix it in future. So definitely there's a benefit to classes. Um, but the other thing, and again, we've been talking about this on and off over the years in the old getting loopy and the new getting loopy, um, there does seem to be, in the same way that there seems to be a vocal minority who says, well, if so-and-so has a paid pattern and you like so-and-so's work, you have to buy the pattern whether you like it or not because you have to support that artist. And, I, you know, I don't go for that anymore. I wish that more people did buy paid patterns because, of course, that's how I used to make the bulk of my living, not anymore. Uh, but that's how things used to be. But I also understand there have been, you know, two recessions <laughs> since getting what became on the first time. And not everybody has the cash. And I will say the same thing about conferences. If you can afford comfortably to go to a conference, I think it would be life-changing. I think that there are benefits to going to a conference, to taking classes live from a teacher that you cannot get on YouTube. Um, but the other thing is conferences are expensive. You have to get there. You have to pay for classes. Conference classes these days run anywhere from 65 to $110. That's a lot of money, you know, and um, there's packages. Sometimes you can get early bird discounts and that kind of thing, but it is not an inconsiderable sum of money to spend to go for a class. So the other thing I want to talk about with classes, um, and this happened to uh, again, it's sort of swirling around something that happened to me in Dallas this year. There are people whose work you may love, whose design aesthetic is your design aesthetic, whose podcasts you may enjoy. It doesn't necessarily mean that that is going to be the teacher who teaches in a way that is resonant to you. So I don't also want to say that every class that you ever took always is going to suit you because different teachers have different teaching styles. So we're in Dallas. I'm in a very loose classroom. Um, I don't – I keep the class moving forward. I will tell people to be quiet if there's too much side chatter. But, you know, you've heard me. I also tell stories and people chat amongst themselves, and as long as they're not distracting the whole class and the class as a whole is moving forward, I let that happen. It's also, in my personal experience, the bigger the class is, the less deviation from the handout and the less side chatter I'm going to allow to happen. If I've got 25 or 30 people in that room and i got to get all 25 or 30 people from A to Z, then it's important that there isn't a lot of side chat because I've got to get the whole room moving. But if there's four or five people in a class, A, we're going to run through the handout pretty quickly, and B, you know, I you've paid for a three-hour class. If you have other stuff you want to ask me or other topics you want to discuss, I'm totally fine with that. 
Um, so I had a person come up to me in Dallas who was unhappy at the level of side chatter in my room while I was teaching. And uh, she complained about it during the class, and I tried to sort of calm things down a little bit and make it so that she was suitable. But she was very not happy with me. This, And that's okay. You know, I, I did the best I could. She spoke to a board member. We did whatever. Um, but the thing that made my head sort of tilt is she said to me, I have taken classes with you before. And I thought, well, if you've taken classes with me before, you know how I am, you know. And and it's okay to go, you know, I like Mary Beth's work. I think she's smart and knows what she's talking about in class, but I don't like her classroom style. It's too loose for me, so I'm not going to take her classes anymore. That's not offensive. That's, you know, just how things are. And I thought that was interesting. There is a knitting teacher who I just have so much admiration for this woman. The work that she has done, the the she does a lot of work, a lot of charitable work. I just think she's a bloody genius. I took one class with her and I wanted to rip my eyeballs out because the way that she taught is not the way that I learn. That does not make me a bad student. It does not make her a poor teacher. Our our styles do not mesh. So, you know, she's teaching that it was a knitting teacher. It was a knitting class. And it was, you know, I think it was something to do with the knitted Mobius cast on. But, you know, she's talking about where to put the right needle tip and where to put the yarn. And, you know, she's doing in the dolphin leaps out of the ocean and rises towards the sun and the eagle comes down. And I just like crazy lady, tell me where to put the yarn. I don't care about the dolphin and the eagle and the sun and the wave. Um, Now, I'm sure there's people that that is exactly how they want to learn. And that is the right teacher for those people. But holy crap, it certainly was not for me. But again, doesn't make her style of teaching wrong or my style of learning wrong. It means that we are not a good fit as a student and a teacher, and perhaps I shouldn't take, and I don't. I don't take classes with this woman anymore. I enjoy her work. I give her a hug whenever I see her, but I'm not taking a class with her because I will rip my hair out. So uh, I did kind of want to make a point about how not every teaching style is the same and not every teaching style is for you. Um, The other thing that happens in classrooms is speed. Um, There's always going to be a couple people that are faster than everybody else, and there's going to always be a couple of people that are slower than everybody else. And, uh, you know, the teacher's goal from a classroom management perspective has got to be to get the bulk of the people to the finish line at the same time. So you're going to give the extra help to the slow people, and you're going to hope that the the fast people are not bored out of their skulls, but it, it does happen. And um, that is something that you should expect in a classroom. If you are a gifted crocheter or knitter or beginning and you're trying to stretch your skills, you may not be moving through at the same pace as everybody else. And that's okay. The teacher knows how to handle that. It'll be fine. Um, You know, that's not a thing you need to worry about. The only thing I would say about signing up, do not sign up for intermediate or advanced classes if you're not confident at the beginner level. Most of us, when we write our uh, classroom descriptions, we'll tell you what you need to know, you know. But I don't want people in my intermediate Tunisian lace class that are not confident with Tunisian basics. You know, I can't teach you how to do Tunisian crochet in an intermediate class. I assume you already know. I can't teach you how to knit in an intermediate knitting class. I assume you already know. So when you're choosing, when you're deciding 
you know, what kind of classes you might want to take. Choose, you know, make sure you read. And if it says you must be confident with the following five skills and you don't have them, then that is not the class for you. Perhaps it would be a class you could take at a later time or you, a lot of these shows, tickets go on sale three, four months ahead. If you're going to take an intermediate class and it tells you you need the following five skills, you got a couple of months practice, you know, practice so that you get in there and you feel confident. You will get more out of the class. The class will go more smoothly, you know, for the teacher. And, um, but you'll get more out of it. You'll get your money's worth. If you're going to invest, in these kinds of classes, you know, you want to make sure that it's worth the money that you paid to, to do them. So one way to do that is to be really prepared to take in the material that you wish to learn in the class. Um, the other thing, and again, I, it's been on my mind because it's been coming up a little bit recently, is people that go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't understand. I'm sorry I don't get it. And I say, well, you don't have to be sorry. You know, if you knew how to do all this stuff, I'd be unemployed. <laughs> you know, don't feel that because you don't understand something on the first pass that you are doing something wrong or you should be apologetic or whatever, you know, you're in there to learn and everybody learns together and, and that's okay. Um, so again, if you have an opinion about what, how much YouTube I should be doing, I'd certainly love to hear your opinion. If you want to call in at 646-787-8510. Um, the other thing I want to say about YouTube, and I've said it before, <laughs> and I'm sensing a theme, but and maybe I'm bitter, but um, on YouTube, you cannot mistake popularity for expertise. There's a lot of people with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or followers that are not excellent teachers. They are excellent at what they do, which is engaging the community and getting people to follow them and putting out content that large groups of people want to consume and that's amazing that is not a skill that I have and I'm you know I'm jealous about it to some extent um, but I also feel that when some of those people teach technique and it is not exactly right <laughs> you know there can be some issues uh, later down the line with uh, students learning material that is not taught properly and I was discussing this with another teacher and I said you know what do you do when somebody comes into your live class and they've paid a big chunk of money to be in your class and they're going to argue with you about how something is done uh, because somebody on YouTube told them it was done a different way um, and what my friend said was what she does is uh, she will say well that is not the standard way to do that thing and in my class we're going to do the standard way um, being a New Yorker I'm a little more Blunt, I usually say, well, you know, if you want to do that when you go home, that's your prerogative. In class, we're doing it this way. This is how we're going to do it in class. When the class is over, you can do it however you want. But in class, I need you to do it my way so that we are all doing the same thing so that we can all learn at the same time. Um, so I would also say if you're taking class, be a little open-minded about things that you may not expect to know or things you thought you know and maybe the teacher has a better way. You know, or maybe not. That's okay, too. Um, the other thing I would say about the conferences, it's fun to learn in a room full of people. I mean, people get excited about new techniques, and you're watching people sort of get their aha moment, like, oh, my God, I suddenly got this. I had somebody in Houston last week um, in my Tunisian basics class who said that she had taken Tunisian three times, with my basics class being the third time. And she never got it until my class. Now, again, does that mean the class 
she took before was poor quality. Not necessarily. I mean, it might have been. How would I know? But um, it's also possible that it was just not presented in the style in which that student learned. It's also possible that, um, you know, maybe maybe something in those previous class previous classes got the pathways lit up in her brain so that by the time she got to my class, uh, you know, stuff made more sense. You just never know. But gosh, it's fun to hang out with other people and and watch them and learn. And sometimes you learn something from your neighbor that your teacher's not even teaching, and that's kind of cool too. I, I do love teaching at the live events. I just, you meet so many interesting people and you hear their stories on the break or they come talk to you at lunch or, you know, whatever. It's just fascinating to hear what everybody does and, and how they do it and how they came to this particular art form, whether it's crochet or knitting or weaving or sewing or what have you, um, how they got to that point and, and, you know, why they're learning what they're learning. So I do think that there are benefits to taking class in a live situation if it is comfortable for you financially and, you know, you don't have such horrible social anxiety that being in a classroom would make you crazy. I mean, I do think that there is a benefit there. So a couple things I want to say about being a student in addition to, again, being open-minded, but if somebody's not for you, then somebody's not for you, and that's okay. Um, I would also, a lot of students will go to an event, particularly a first-time conference, and they will take, you know, if there's six or seven class spots, then the student will take six or seven classes thinking, you know, they want to learn as much as they can. Guys, that is, that is a sure way to get brain melt. And, of course, my mission in life is to get butts in chairs in my classes. I'm not telling you to take less classes for my own benefit because that is not for my benefit. Um, but I will say, give yourself a class, you know, a, a time period to just not be in class, to let let some of the stuff that you have learned soak in. Go to the marketplace, have a cookie, you know, <laughs> go around and, and see what else is going on out in the world. Because sometimes I, I see students get stressed, that they've come to the conference, they've come at great expense, they want to take every single class and every single opportunity because they spent money coming to the conference and they paid money to come to the conference. But by the end, particularly by the end, you know, most of these conferences, the last day is Sunday, particularly by the Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon class, you know, your brain's melting. If you've taken six or seven classes, by the time you get to the sixth or seventh one, you don't have enough brain power to process anything new. It's not an enjoyable experience for you because, you know, you've had it, you've done enough, you've your brain has taken in all the information that it can take in. So um, give yourself a little break sometimes. It might be a fine thing to um, give yourself a break. It, it, it also is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be learning things, but it's also supposed to be fun. And if it's not, um, one of us is doing something wrong. So give yourself a little break. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is supplies. <laughs> And homework, if there's homework in the class, to the stinking homework. Um, because if you don't, you're going to be behind from the get-go. The teacher cannot wait for you to get caught up with homework that the teacher assigned ahead of time. Um, and so you won't – homework, a lot of classes do not have homework. I would say hardly any of my classes have homework. Um, but if I do it, it's because I, I need it. I'm, I'm not going to give you homework just for the sake of homework. I am not a second-grade math teacher. <laughs> If I've given you homework to take my classes because you really, really, really need it, 
in order to complete the amount of material I want to get through in a timely manner. Um, so if there's homework, please do it. Um, bring, bring a range of supplies, unless the teacher very specifically says you only need one size of crochet hook and you only need one color of yarn. You know, in my color work classes, I'll tell people you need to bring two colors, you need to bring three colors. Now, I allow people to stitch pretty much in whatever weight is comfortable for them. I mean, even when I'm teaching, teaching Bruges lace, which is traditionally done in thread, I allow people to take the class and worsted if that's what they're comfortable with. Because I'm trying to teach the technique. They're not making a project. And if they need to do it in worsted weight in order to see how the fabric is created, you know, that's fine. That's fine with me. So um, if you're doing a project, it's different. You know, you need whatever yarn and hook you need to, to make the project. But... Um, the other thing I would say, and a lot of people sort of missed the boat on this one, don't bring black yarn to class. It's hard to see. I always tell, my instructions always say a smooth, light-colored DK or worsted weight yarn. I want you to use whatever yarn weight you're comfortable with, but I don't want it to be a multi because you can't see your stitch definition. I don't want it to be black. I don't want it to be mohair because it sticks and you lose your stitch definition. And that's what I mean by smooth. You don't want to try and take a class in a novelty yarn. Even though it's sitting in the back of your closet and you're trying to get rid of it, you go, aha, I'm going to take this to class and use it, and then I will have used it up, and then that will be swell. Um, if it's not something you want to knit or crochet with every day, it's probably not something you want to take class in because you you need to be able to see the stitch definition you need to be able to see how the fabric is created, and that is difficult to do in any kind of novelty yarn. Um, boy, I guess that was pretty much all I had to say <laughs> on the topic. We've we've gotten through pretty quickly tonight. Um, we do have more shows coming up. We do have some guests lined up. Jesse Rayot from Jesse at Home will be joining us later in the season. Um, let's see who else. I know that uh, Ray from Premier Yarns is coming on to talk about um, a new product that Premier will be releasing later in the summer. Um, I don't want to say anybody else's name because I have been on the stick trying to get some guests lined up, but um, I will always post information about that in the Ravelry group, which is getting loopy 2.0. And on the Getting Loopy group on Facebook. Oh, pardon me. It's not a group. It's a page. And I understand that there's a difference. Um, I am also going to invite you to follow me on any of the social media. Hooked number four, Life LLC on Instagram. Um, I think I'm MB Temple on Pinterest. Hooked number four, Life on Twitter. And there is a Hooked for Life Contemporary Knit and Crochet Patterns on Facebook that has a couple thousand people in it. Um, those are great ways to follow me. I appreciate the follows because, um, again, as, as the world changes, people are less interested in how many books and patterns I've written and more interested in how many followers I have. So that is a free way for you to help me out. <laughs> follow me on any one of the social media outlets. Um, so little Loopy's been here for a couple of weeks. She came last week. She had uh, hip surgery. A couple of weeks ago, Irish Dance has gotten her down at the ripe old age of 21. She had to have a pretty major hip surgery. So she's been with me the last couple of weeks. So I'm trying to encourage her to do some modeling for me before <laughs> before she goes back to New Jersey. And um, But she will also be attending the – I tried to get her to call in tonight, but she wasn't having it. <laughs> she's still obstinate at 21. 
Um, she will be attending the Lancaster Fiber Festival uh, with me. The other thing I wanted to bring up while we're talking about Lancaster Fiber Festival, I knew I had something else. I hope you all haven't hung up by now. Um, Tamara Kelly from Movie Blog has just made arrangements to join us at the Lancaster Fiber Festival. And I'm really excited by this. She is going to be doing, I think, six different make and takes that you can stop by and do a project with her, which is really cool. Tamara is um, incredibly busy and is always producing new content digitally, but I think this is a really fun way to, uh, to interact with her in person because she's fun. She's my friend, and you will have a good time. Um, but I think that's really cool that she's coming, and they're just announcing those dates this week. So she definitely will be there, plane ticket in hand, and she does have, I think she's in booth 401-402 with her make and take stuff. But the other thing that we have added at the Lancaster Fiber Festival is sort of a drop-in clinic. If you have a question about your knit and crochet project, um, you can bring it to Tamara and play Stump the Band. And if she can't fix it, she will call in help. I will be there. Jesse Rayat will be there. Um, there will be some other knit and crochet professionals there. Melissa Leapman will be teaching classes. And, oh, my gosh, if you've never taken a class with Melissa, I highly recommend that you try it. Um, she's a wonderful teacher and one of the first people that I ever took class with. And I just, I just, her classroom management is amazing. And I enjoy, I have a good time taking class with her. She's not as, she's not as wild and crazy as my classes are, but she also has a good time. It's fun. And she, man, there's nothing she doesn't know about fabric construction and knit and crochet. So Melissa will be there. Um, I'm teaching four classes. Don't ask me what they are because I don't remember, but Tunisian basics will be one of them. Um, so when I'm not on uh, the classroom schedule, I will be on the show floor. Either I'll be helping Tamara in 401, 402. I'm going to do a couple of stage demos. I uh, haven't figured out what yet. Um, but a lot of people, you know, Lancaster is a first-time show. And so a lot of people are like, eh, I don't know if I want to go or not. Here's the thing. This is one thing I will tell you, whether you take class or not. Um, it's important to support the first-time shows because then they don't get to be second-time shows, you know, if there's not enough attendees. And, I'm again, I'm not making a value judgment about how much money you spend or how much many classes you take. But um, I will say Lancaster is making a huge effort to have fun things to do on the show floor, whether you're taking class or not. So if you're waffling about coming to see that show, um, now that Tamara's going to be there and, and running all her crazy stuff, I think that would be something fun to do. You know what I mean? Not just like walk up and down and spend your budget, but, um, you know, you can you can bring projects for Tamara to look at or for me to look at. Um, I just think it's going to be fun. A lot of local to Pennsylvania guilds are coming. There's quilting guilds coming. And that's the other thing about that show. It's just it's not just knit and crochet. There are quilting teachers and weaving teachers and embroidery teachers and uh, wool and, you know, there's all kinds of crazy and wonderful stuff going on. So if you're at all interested in Lancaster Fiber Festival, I would, I would kindly ask you to give it, a, give it a shot this year if there's class you want to take. And if not, come join us on the market and, uh, you know, it's going to be awfully boring for Tamara and Jesse and I if we have to just sit and talk to each other all day. So <laughs> come join us in Lancaster and, and see what's going on. But again, if Lancaster's not for you or CGOA, which is coming up in two weeks, is not for you, see if there's a local show, show that you can check out. You don't have to – your first show doesn't have to be a big one. You know what I mean? 
There's all kinds of regional shows all over the country, and almost all of them have classes that you might want to take. It's just fun to be part of the community. You know, we talk about the knitting community and the crochet community, and the, the community aspect of it is pretty cool. So it's kind of fun to shake the dust off and get out there in the world and uh, see what's going on. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and end up early tonight. It is about 930. So um, I'm still trying to get Google Play to work, but I hope that you are listening on iTunes. I hope you are sharing this with your friends. And um, I'm amazed how many people I will go out in the world and they'll ask about getting loopy and I'll say, oh, well, it's back and people don't realize we're doing new episodes. So tell your friends. <laughs> As always, check out hookforlifepublishing.com slash blog for some free patterns and some other kind of stuff, click on that Amazon link if you're going to shop on Amazon. So we get your quarters back here at Getting Loopy, which helps us keep the lights on. And I thank you one and all for listening. I really, truly do. Um, Send me an email at gettingloopy2.0 at gmail.com if you have any requests for guests or topics. I look forward to seeing you again next week and every week after that. Thanks so much for joining me. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.